WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. You are tuned to Impact Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox, and tonight I will talk with George Peters, the director of the MSU Theater Department about Summer Circle Theater. I will also talk with the executive director of the Council on American Islamic Relations, um, and he will be speaking at a rally against torture on Thursday on the steps of the Capitol. And also, um, Ben Hassinger, a 25-year-old local musician, will be in the studio tonight to talk about his newly announced candidacy for Lansing mayor. And on the phone, I have Jeremy Stein, who is the director of Rothbury Music Music Festival, to talk about Rothbury. But before that, I should tell you that we are giving away tickets to Rothbury. And today's winner will receive a pair of passes to the Rothbury Music Festival in Rothbury, Michigan, from Thursday, July 2nd to Sunday, July 5th, courtesy of AEG. This year's festival will feature an array of artists including Bob Dylan and his band, Cold War Kids, Mastercraft, Girl Talk, Chromeo, The Hold Study, The Hard Lessons, Willie Nelson, STS9, and many more. A complete artist, artist lineup and festival details can be found at www.rothburyfestival.com. The Impact would like to thank AEG for their continued support. And again, these are actual tickets, so you're not putting in a drawing. If you call in to 517-432-3893, you can get a pair of tickets to Rothbury. So now on the phone, I'm here with uh, Jeremy Stein, who is the director of Rothbury. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Now tell me a little bit about this event that started last year, correct? It did start last year, and um, I, I think uh, everyone uh, was uh, pretty surprised at how, how well it went off. Uh, even ourselves, we, we just uh, had a great time running it last year and getting it off the ground, and we're hopeful it'll be around for many years to come. Now what, what inspired you to start this event? Well, that's a, that's a good question. It's a tough question. You know, I've, I've been uh, in the music industry, uh, you know, a good 15 years now and uh, run many different types of events, managed bands, lots of different stuff. So it was probably a culmination of, uh, of, of years in the uh, music industry, and it, it, was, it was always a goal of mine to uh, be operating a, a large national event like Rothbury. Now, when I was first told about Rothbury last summer, um, what really excited people was um, the think tank that you hold, where people come in and talk about um, issues regarding mostly um, just the environment um, and how you can contribute to be, I guess, a more sustainable person, more um, environmentally friendly. Can you talk about uh, the think tank? Yeah, the think tank really fits in the general mission of Rothbury. Rothbury uh, is is a grand-scale attempt at uh, answering the question of what does it really mean to be a large-scale, sustainable event? Uh, because a lot of people like to say they're, uh, they're, they're a green event or a green company or what have you, and uh, the, I think the truth is most of us are just figuring out what that really means and, and what technologies need to be implemented to uh, really uh, get from, uh, from A to Z. Uh, with these types of events, whether they're football games or large festivals, what, are, what, what have you. So one part of uh, that uh, sustainability effort is, is education from the inside out, and our think tank is an on-site group of uh, 
leading minds uh, from really, uh, you know, different parts all over the world, uh, mainly centered, though, from the U.S., folks from, say, the Yale Center for Climate Change or Stanford University or various uh, CEOs of new renewable energy companies, uh, all the way to uh, various uh, music artists uh, who are doing different things on their tours, to green their tours. And by kind of uh, getting everyone together under different symposiums that occur throughout the festival, um, two or three a day, uh, we have small symposiums of four or five people um, talking uh, on panels and uh, on different subject matter. And, and a lot of it's to educate kind of what is the state-of-the-art uh, discussions of various parts of this renewable energy discussion and, and uh, general sustainability efforts. And uh, last year was a little different. Uh, last year was really centered a bit more on uh, uh, climate change uh, as a subject um, and, and what does it all mean. Now I think uh, the talk is shifting quite a bit, especially with uh, some of the push out of the, uh, the Obama administration and uh, also in Michigan with the uh, Jennifer Granholm's uh, initiatives that um, we're trying to center a bit on what does this new green economy mean? What is it, you know, how are you going to play a part in this? Uh, what types of jobs are available? What technologies are surfacing now? Uh, what is this? What is this future going to look like? And uh, so it's an exciting thing to have in the middle of a of an event like this. It's kind of a show within a show. Now you're talking about education, and I also read um, on your website um, there's uh, the Rothbury's 2009 Sustainable Schools Program, as well as the um, Rothbury Music in Schools Program. Can you talk about those? Sure. Yeah. The, well, any festival of this kind uh, is. It's a national event uh, that needs to be uh, deeply tied into the fabric of, of uh, local events and goings-on, and, um, and, and it really works best when everyone in the uh, local community is, is a part of the event. Uh, that gives it a special identity that's really unique. And uh, So one of our uh, initiatives is, um, as you mentioned, the uh, Sustainable Schools Program. And uh, last year that was started with... Uh, almost $70,000 um, solar array that was put up in a local high school, and uh, that will help offset their energy costs for up to up to and possibly beyond 30 years um, so that their uh, uh, funds can go towards uh, more directly towards uh, education books and, and music instruments, et cetera. We also had a lot of um, – uh, oh, well, this year we have uh, uh, several – windmills being in, installed in some other local schools. And uh, not only do these things provide, obviously, education uh, to the kids, uh, um, they're all doing various projects on um, how much energy is being offset um, at their school with these. Uh, but, it, you know, hopefully sets a good example of uh, trying to support education in, in, uh, in kind of a backdoor way with renewable energy. And especially during a time when... Um, Education uh, is getting has been you know hurt in recent years, especially with the arts. Uh, funding is you know at an all-time low in many areas, and uh, so that's where our music and schools program comes in. And we've tried to support uh, various jazz bands or uh, or various uh, classrooms with uh, guitars or various instruments. And uh, you know our hope there is a, it's kind of a circular thing where. Maybe one of those kids will be on stage at the festival one day if all goes well. Right. And, uh, and we'll see what happens. So describe the city of Rothbury and how it transforms for the festival. 
Well, I, I don't know if I'd call it a city. Uh, right. <laughs> I think there's about uh, five, five or six hundred households in uh, in Rockbury, and um, uh, I think a lot of folks in Michigan know Western Michigan is a what the general vibe is. There's a lot of great summer outdoors scenes and camping and lakes and uh, all that, and it's uh, primarily mainly a bit more on the rural side. And um, Rockbury is about six miles or so off Lake Michigan, and um, it's a, just a you know an, an incredible area because it kind of showcases it's like a almost like a summer camp kind of vibe out there um, where it's on the Double JJ Resort and uh, there's a lot of uh, various buildings and lodging and there's a water park and all this different stuff so uh, we've kind of been a bit different where a lot of festivals around the world even are uh, essentially put onto big flat pieces of land big fields. And because, uh, uh, you know, that, that works well for trying to operate something this large. We've kind of placed uh, this event in the middle of a large wooded area with lakes and, and whatnot surrounding it. And so you really get that feeling of being in the outdoors uh, for the weekend of July 4th. And, uh, and, and uh, you kind of also at the same time get that escape of the summer vacation. It's, it's a great time. Yeah, I was talking to someone about it last year, and he described Rothbury just kind of being this this huge field, like nothing was really around it. But I was looking at pictures from Rothbury last year. I wasn't, I was unable to go, but um, the, everything looks so whimsical. Like there's so many trees, and um, there's all these lights in the trees. And I also know that you have a competition for like the best campsite to really make uh-huh. um, the the I guess the whole festival look very vibrant. Um, and you also have different competitions that you do. The 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 campsite is a competition to have the best campsite, but what are some other competitions that you have at um, Rothbury Festival? Well, there's a lot of them. Uh, you know, there's one area called Sherwood Forest that was a really uh, uh, maybe the most popular area. Um, it was It's a forested area about 12 or 14 acres large, and thousands of people are in there day and night. And uh, there's hammocks in there and, and various um, acrobatic troops and arts, arts and crafts worlds kind of all separated throughout and at night it becomes a, a whole different scene with kind of a dance scene in there and uh, one of our contests is uh, to do what we're calling tree wraps and um, it's to essentially decorate a tree in the forest and uh, and there are hundreds and hundreds of them and uh, so and we've had a lot of people sign up for it already we're probably not going to have enough room for everyone who wants it but um, you know that's one of our contests is to wrap the tree with some type of decor um, another one is a, a, a band contest. I think there's over 190 bands already signed up for it. We have a couple slots, uh, one of them being on the main stage, where uh, it's kind of a battle of the bands kind of thing. But it really gets a lot of Michigan musicians involved uh, with uh, you know, kind of those unknown folks who want to be discovered in some way to uh, uh, have a chance to be on the big stage. So that's always really exciting. Um, there are a lot of other costume contests and um, and also a lot of volunteer programs. And the um, best way to learn about all those volunteer programs are probably through our website, rothburyfestival.com. It's, uh, there's a lot there. There's work exchange programs. Um, our, uh, our green team is over 500 people strong uh, over the weekend, and uh, there's lots more. And how many people are you expecting to come to this event? Hard to say. Uh, you never really know until it happens. Last year we were in the mid-30,000s, yeah. and uh, 
we're feeling pretty confident uh, that we'll be in a similar space. But anything can happen where, uh, um, you know, in that last week where uh, lots more folks could show up at the last second, you never really know. You just got to be prepared for anything. Uh, this year we have a different uh, a different ticket that was offered. It's a two-day ticket. Uh, most all other tickets uh, sold to the event are four-day tickets, and that includes camping. Um, this year there's also a, um, a ticket for two days just for Saturday, Sunday, and Saturday being July 4th. Uh, so we're, we're getting a great response to that from folks in the area who say, uh, said last year they really wanted to come, but they were working on Thursday and Friday and they just couldn't make it, but uh, now they have an option. All right. So I know you're very busy putting this, uh, putting the Rothbury Festival together. I guess my last question is, what artist are you most excited to see? <laughs> good question. Almost impossible question. Uh, I mean, there's so there's so much good stuff. It almost is like the time of day. Um, you know, there's. I, I'm always been. I'm, I'm a little old school. On the, I love Willie Nelson. Uh, no question. Um, I think Damian Marley playing with Nas is going to be a great show. Um, late night shows have some of the best, most happening dance music around these days with Chromio and Mastercraft, uh, STS9. Uh, I'm real excited that Dad are playing their only summer performance anywhere in the country and the String Cheese Incident are playing their only two, 2009 performance anywhere in the country. So those would be really special shows. All right. Well, thank you, Jeremy Stein, for, for calling in and talking about Rothbury. Good luck with, with the event. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And again, for those tuning in, I was on the phone with Jeremy Stein, who uh, is the director of Rothbury Festival. Um, it is, uh, for more information, you can go to rothburyfestival.com. Again, it is um, from July 2nd to July 5th courtesy of AEG, and this year's festival will feature an array of artists, including Bob Dylan and his band, Cold War Kids, Mastercraft, Girl Talk, Chromeo, The Hold Study, The Hard Lessons, Willie Nelson, STS9, and many more. There are many events at this, um, at Rothbury Festival. Um, there's a think tank where you can learn about um, being sustainable. There are many workshops. There's yoga in the morning. There's um, a drumming workshop. Um, it's all about giving back to the community as well. They have um, many programs within the communities that uh, surrounds Rothbury. And again, for more information, you can go to www.rothburyfestival.com. And that is all for now. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893.
And now, back to Exposure. You are tuned to Impact Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox. And before I interview um, someone about Summer Circle Theater, I wanted to give you a concert update as well as a news update. So uh, tonight, um, if you want to see what goes behind the scenes in a recording studio, WKAR is in its second season of recording musical artists. They record on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings, and the Music is later edited for broadcast with interview slash backstage footage. Studio audience tickets must be reserved at least 24 hours in advance. This week's backstage pass series features a Michigan Salsa Orchestra, Orquesta Ritmo. However, since it is currently Tuesday and you should have reserved your tickets for that yesterday, next week's featured musicians is a quartet featuring voice, voice faculty from Michigan State University's College of Music. Um, for more information on the Backstage Pass series, you can go to WKAR.org um, or call 517-432-9527. And also on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. in Eastwood Town Center is the Summer Music Series. Eastwood Town Center, along with WILX, presents the 7th Annual Summer Music Series. A different style of music will be offered each week. This week features a seek. The Sea Cruisers, an oldies band that plays music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Next Tuesday features blues, jazz, and swing by a Lansing band named Those Delta Rhythm Kings. And on Wednesday at 7 p.m. in the Dart Auditorium at Lansing Community College, you can hear the LCC Faculty Jazz Quartet. Um, also, um, this weekend in Old Town is Michigan Pride White Party. Um Everyone that attends is asked to wear white, and no, they say they will not turn you away if you're not dressed up. This is Michigan Pride's new annual event um, celebrating unity and purity within our community. Spiral Dance Bar will have electronic house slash club beats by California artists Perry Twins and Michigan's DJ Symbol, Old Town's restaurant Chrome Cat will have folk have a folk indie band, Nervous But Excited, and a live DJ performing. Esquire Bar will have a whiteout with guys performing at the Grand Cafe. Um, and, and the Grand Cafe will have the Kathy Ford band that covers jazz, rock, country, disco, and blues. Keep in mind that this event is for everyone 18 and older. Again, that's Friday, starting at 7 p.m. And also in downtown East Lansing from 7 to 9 p.m., um, East Lansing Summer Concert Series will be held on Fridays and Saturdays um, at the Fountain Square on Fridays and Ann Street Plaza on Saturdays. Um, this is from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, on Friday, this uh, June 12th, you can hear contemporary and traditional acoustic music combining Appalachian, Celtic folk, Great Lakes pop, original songs and instrumentals from the Wanda Dagan Celtic Trio. And on Saturday, you can hear indie folk artist Chris Dorman in the Summer Soul Jazz Fest will be held next weekend. Um, and then on Friday um, at noon, the Medicine Crow and Dennis Preston will perform at the Lansing City Market. Singer-songwriter Michael, or Medicine Crow, Ayat, and Dennis Preston will, will, will perform acoustic blues folk selections from their instrumental collaborative CD release, Extemporanea. This event is sponsored and broadcast by WLNZ Lansing Public Radio for the Grand River Diner Concert Series. And I'm actually going to hold on the news um, briefs, but I will tell them later in the hour. Because right now I'm going to get on the phone with, let me find the right page, 
the person who's heading up Summer Circle, who is George Peters. Welcome to Impact Exposure, George Peters. Hi, Emily. Hello. So tell me a little bit about Summer Circle Theater. Okay. Summer Circle Theater um, has been happening here at MSU behind the auditorium building, sponsored by the Department of Theater for 48 years now. This is the 49th session. We offer uh, a range of theatrical performances on a stage that's built uh, between the river and the auditorium. Uh, it happens during the month of June. Um, it is a company composed of faculty and students of the Department of Theater who are working in the company from mid-May until the season ends at the end of June. So we have actors and designers and directors and um, crew working shop and, and costuming. And we put on shows here for um, the campus community and for the greater Lansing, East Lansing community. And these have been very popular and successful over the years. It's a chance to come and, and see some fun theater outdoors. Um, people bring picnics and picnic on the lawn beforehand. The shows run each week for the next three weeks from Wednesday night through Saturday night. Uh, they start at 8 o'clock, so the sun is still up, but by the time the shows are over, quarter to 10, 10 o'clock, um, they're under light. So these are full-fledged productions. Um, they're a lot of fun, and we would love it if people would come out and see the shows. Okay. Now, how many shows do you do? There are three what we call main stage shows. Um, they run week per week, so this week is opening tomorrow night, actually, with a well-known show um, by Neil Simon called uh, Plaza Suite, a comedy, an adult comedy. Next week, starting Wednesday through Saturday, there'll be another comedy, kind of a farce, a very funny play called Leading Ladies. And then, then the week after that, starting on Wednesday night, um, a kind of a dark comedy called Kid Purple. On Friday and Saturday uh, nights after the main stage show, we're offering a late night edition. These are kind of short, edgy, experimental shows that the graduate students put on. They start about 15 minutes after the, the main stage show on Friday and Saturday, usually around 10 o'clock. And they're they're a lot of fun uh, for people that really like theater. Now, how so? This has been around for forty-eight years. Exactly. Yes. Why? Why? What do you think has made it stick for so long? <laughs> well, that's a good question. It's become really popular um, in the community. We have. Um, I, I meet people here almost every night that have been coming for years and years. Um, it's gone through various permutations over the years. Um, Summer Circle has, uh, as the Department of Theater here at MSU has changed. Uh, it was a place for sort of experimental theater for a while. Um, for a while, the plays were being offered um, between the um, art department, Kresge Art Museum, that complex, and the auditorium building in the plaza there, the um, outdoors, and then that got too small, so they moved out here. For a while, uh, Summer Circle was sponsoring um, contemporary American theater, um, and lately, the last 10, 12 years or so, it's been um, devoted to sort of more or less family-friendly shows that... Um, offer our students a chance to um, hone their acting skills, uh, designers to work on design. So it's really a combination of a theatrical event for the community, but also it's an educational experience for, for the uh, company that's working here. Uh, the students who, who stay here for this period of time get paid, thanks to a lot of generous support from Friends of Theater at MSU um, and from various, various other sources. The university supports us. Uh, so it's an important um, activity for the department, both in terms of offering something to the community here in the summer, but also for um, a chance for the students to get some valuable experience, because there's a lot of summer stock, as you know, probably happening around the country. So when students graduate, 
know, they've had this experience here and they might be able to land jobs at, at summer theaters around the country. Now, how long have you been involved in Summer Circle Theater? Um, I personally, you mean? Yes. I, I've, I've been involved since I took over the chairmanship of the department, and that was in 2006. So I'm a relative newcomer. Now, even though you've only been here from 2006, do you have a favorite memory from Summer Circle Theater? <laughs> well, there are a lot of memories. I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting challenge doing theater outdoors in Michigan in uh, June, as you could expect. Um, we had a show a couple years ago that, that was interrupted um, literally by thunder and lightning. We try to play... Our motto is, you stay, we play, but um, obviously, if, if the weather gets, gets too exciting with tornado warnings and stuff, then <laughs> people run for cover. But we've had patrons who are very, very faithful. They'll sit here with their umbrellas. I remember one, this was a, that same evening, um, they, they were disappointed when, even despite the lightning and thunder, there were like four people sitting here with umbrellas and they wanted us to keep playing. But of course, with the lights, the electricity and stuff, we can't do that. But normally, we, we play, even if it's drizzling, uh, even if it's cold. Um, we just hope for good weather. Yeah, so there's, there's no rain checks I, I saw on your website. No rain checks, nope, yeah. right, right, exactly. <laughs> no, you're going to play come rain or come shine. That's, that's our motto, exactly, right. Now, what show are you most excited about this summer? Oh, that's, that's a hard question. I'm, I'm, I'm here, actually, as I'm talking to you, I'm outdoors. Um, I'm watching the actors come together. They're doing their final dress rehearsal for this first show, Plaza Suite. Uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful show. It's very, very funny. Um, it's touching in places. Uh, it's meaningful, but it's also very humorous. And um, I, you know, I don't have a favorite yet. Uh, I have the director of Plaza Suite here, Professor Ann Levy. If you'd like to ask her a few questions about the play this week, she's yeah, right sure. Here. Okay, hold on a second. And here's Emily. She wants to ask you some questions about Plaza Suite. Hi, Emily. Hello, Ann. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about this play? I know that Neil Simon is a pretty famous um, playwright. Yes, he is. Um, um, what are some other I, plays that he's written? Um, uh, Brighton Beach Memoirs, um, uh, Star Spangled Girl. Um, trying to think back in my uh, California suite. Um, I think he's written in all about 20 plays. Yeah. So, um, this one actually, uh, when it was made into a movie, Walter Matthau played yeah, the three parts that are in it. There are actually three acts, and uh, each act is a different couple in the same suite at the Plaza Hotel. And uh, different things going on with each one of the couples. So how many people are involved in this production? I'm sorry? How many people are involved in this production? Um, in our show we have uh, six, seven, eight... Nine people uh, on stage. But then, of course, we have backstage people. We have five backstage people. And then the director, who's the most unimportant person. <laughs> and, and when are the dates of this performance? Uh, it starts tomorrow night. Uh, we start tomorrow night uh, at 8 o'clock, and we run through Saturday of this week every night at 8 o'clock. All right. Well, thank you very much, and good luck with the show. Thank you very much. And uh, shall I give you back to George? Yeah, sure. Or would would you like to talk to one of our actors? Um, well, we're the other. The next interviewee is on the line, so we should probably start wrapping up. So, if I could just talk okay. to George one more time. Absolutely, thank you. Hi, Emily. Hello. Um, so we have to start wrapping things up because the other interviewee is on the oh, line. Okay. But is okay. there any last um, words of wisdom or things that you really want to um, say before um, we start wrapping things up? Well, I would, I would simply um, say that, that I think this is an unusual and, and, ex and, and exciting way to experience uh, 
a cultural event in the summer here in East Lansing um, on a beautiful June night. So we hope that we'll see a lot of people out here, and I think it's a, uh, it's a, rewarding, a, ro- a rewarding experience. So just hope that your listeners will maybe be uh, inclined to come and see us. And um, where can people go for more information? Um, if they go to www.summercircletheater.com or just go to the MSU Department of Theater website, there's a link to Summer Circle. gives a synopsis of the plays, um, gives directions on how to get here. There's parking across the, uh, across the street from the auditorium building. So there's really no problem for parking and, um, and getting to the theater. All right. Well, thank you very much, George Peters, for calling in and talking about Summer Circle Theater, and good luck with all the productions. Thank you, Emily. Thanks a lot. All right. Talk bye. To you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9. The Impact phone lines are open at 432 3893 and now, back to Exposure. You are tuned to Impact Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox. And on the phone, I have... Um, da, da, wait, can you pronounce your name one more time? Daoud Walid. Daoud Walid. I cannot read my own handwriting. Um, and he is the executive director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations of Michigan. And he is on the phone to talk about... And Torture Forever, um, the 24-foot banner at the Michigan Capitol is a rally on Thursday, June 11th at 9.30 a.m. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Now, can you tell me a little bit about this event and your involvement in the rally? Uh, well, the Michigan uh, chapter of CARE, the Council on America's Islamic Relations, is joining uh, the Interfaith Council for Peace and Justice, which is the organization steerheading this effort along with the uh, the ACLU and uh, other activists and community members of conscience that are calling uh, to an end of torture, uh, June being Torture Awareness Month. And uh, specifically, uh, we're going to be calling for uh, hearings, congressional hearings, and to the extent of torture that has taken place uh, in the last eight years uh, that, that we know about for sure that has taken place at Abu Ghraib, at Guantanamo Bay, as well as uh, torture that has taken place uh, regarding the uh, extraordinary rendition where uh, the CIA was picking up uh, people and taking them to uh, other countries and the whole issue of secret jails and, and or having other nations do the interrogating and the torturing for us. Right, and this has been in the news a lot. Um, 
I know on April 16th, Barack Obama, um, referring to a dark and painful chapter in our history, quote-unquote, um, authorized the release of four documents written by the Office of Legal Counsel in the Bush administration's Department of Justice. And those memos, which were being actively sought in a lawsuit filed by the American Civil Liberties Unions, um, constructed a legal justification for using harsh interrogation techniques. So we knew that this was going on when it wasn't supposed to, and there was, there's been that whole debate about waterboarding, is it torture or not? And, um, and once uh, President Obama went in office, he signed an agreement hoping that um, Guantanamo will, the uh, prison there will be shut down in the next year. And even today in the news, um, one of my news briefs that I had was uh, the Guantanamo trainee um, who was ordered by President Obama to face trial in civilian court in federal district court on Manhattan today. Uh, he was held at the U.S. naval base in Cuba since 2006. Um, and he pleaded not guilty in Manhattan court today to charges of conspiring the 1998 bombings of U.S. embassies in Tanzania and Kenya that killed 224 people. Um, and also, um, lately in the news, there was the talks about um, Obama not wanting to show the photographs from um, different prisons and the, um, the torture that was going on there. Um, so with all this in the news, um, do you think that um, with the newly elected president, things are going are getting better? Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, we do see that uh, actually when the president first came in, we know that he, he signed a, a memo uh, against torture and the stopping of uh, our nation um, having the secret prisons. Uh, in, in which torture was also taking place there. And we're really not even totally sure as to the extent of all of the people who were picked up under the uh, the rendition and were uh, tortured in the secret uh, uh, jails. Um, th- th- this is promising, as well as the, uh, as the proposed closure of Guantanamo Bay. Uh, however, you know, the, the president... Uh, didn't uh, he, he, he didn't release the uh, the, the photos, uh, which the ACLU is still fighting for the release of those photos. And I understand why. If you look at some stories in the net, including the uh, the Independent and the UK and the Daily Cost, it mentions that those pictures that were to be released showed uh, Iraqis, uh, male and female civilians, uh, being uh, raped. Um, you know, by, uh, by, uh, by, by soldiers. And, uh, so it's no, uh, it's no wonder that, uh, he didn't want those out in regards to our nation's PR, but we really need to get, uh, to the full extent and know the, the truth, uh, regarding to the full extent of the torture that we can, uh, put this, uh, behind our past and that, uh, you know, we can move on. Uh, if, if I can say, uh, this with um, some of the uh, the people who are against the release of the pictures and to have uh, you know full congressional hearings about this, say we let the past go in the past and it will uh, incite anti-American uh, sentiment. But I I, I have a, a different opinion that I think that in the Muslim world in particular, if our uh, nation shows the the courage to say we were wrong about this, and we're going to hold hearings uh, to the extent that we uh, that we don't want this to happen again. I think that this would show uh, a lot of sincerity and even more goodwill in the Muslim world, which you know, in the last eight years, uh, you know, the, the people who are being tortured are Muslims.
Right. So with this event, is it more trying to um, try to get more truth out of what really happened with torture, or is it about um, trying to look forward and end it? Well, it's to get the, the truth out so that uh, that it can end. Uh, I know that recently uh, Congressman John Conyers, who's head of the Judiciary Committee, uh, said that there, there may need to be hearings uh, in regards to, to the extent of the, uh, of the torture that's taken place. And we would hope that uh, this rally would may raise more of an issue so that perhaps he can follow through with, the, um, with, with such hearings. Uh, also at this rally, uh, who will be speaking, by the way, is a, uh, a representative of, uh, of Senator Carl Levin, who has been on record for some time uh, being one of the senators uh, in the previous administration who was openly on the record um, stating that torture uh, is wrong, is immoral, and torture hurts America and does not uh, serve the long-term interests of our country. And, and not only that, I mean, he's been on record as well saying that the uh, these torture methods don't even get reliable information because when people are... Uh, so-called waterboarded or actually it's really drowning people or giving the impression of drowning or electrical shock or beating sleep, depri sleep deprivation. Uh, it, it's, it's known that uh, people who are placed in these situations give a lot of inaccurate information just so that the, the torture and the, and the agony of the situation can come to an end. Right. And I actually, I, I don't know if you've seen the film, but I recently saw the film Rendition. Um, and I was uh, surprised, well, the ending, uh, well, I actually probably shouldn't say the ending, but um, it was just about um, someone, you know, on, who was going to, I think he was um, Egyptian, and he was on a plane, and people took him off and, and took him to this, this prison um, and tortured him to try to get information out of him, but, but he wasn't a terrorist. Like he was um, just a normal person, and they started um, torturing this person who really had no information for them. Um, and it was, I guess, the moral of that story was sometimes, you know, in those situations, you know, torture—they're torturing innocent people. Um, and so with with the idea of Guantanamo now closing, do you think that a lot of people there are innocent and had been tortured um, being innocent people? Well, it's, it's our belief that a lot of those people uh, in Guantanamo uh, are, are not uh, terrorist extremists. But see, this is the issue, uh, this is the greater issue in regards to uh, the closure of Guantanamo Bay is one thing to close Guantanamo Bay, and then there's another uh, situation that you know where are these people going, and are these people going to afford be afforded uh, trials in which they uh, they can face uh, their accusers, which is the U.S. government. Now we've heard today of a uh, of a person who was held, uh, you know, by uh, by us uh, who is uh, going to trial who. Is alleged that he was a part of the the bombings that took place um, years ago and in Tanzania as well as as well as uh, as Kenya. Uh, so you know we would hope that the uh, the people can go to trial uh, so that they have the opportunity to face the uh, the um, 
you know, face face their accusers and the evidence against them. But it be without a doubt, we do know there's people who have been picked up uh, who who aren't guilty or who aren't terrorists. Matter of fact, the um, the Washington Post had an article back in December December fifth, two thousand five, where it talked about the issue of erroneous renditions, where uh, the CIA picked up uh, individuals. And then uh, under extraordinary renditions, uh, erroneous renditions, and uh, there was torture that took place, and then the people were let go uh, after it was found out that they weren't, um, you know, so-called uh, terrorists or extremists. So you know, so it, it's, it's been proven that we've picked up people and have tortured people or helped people who aren't guilty and are not terrorists. So June is Torture Awareness Month, and some other events I know that are going on um, includes a, a documentary screening um, called Torturing Democracy in Ann Arbor. That's June 13th at Michigan Theater at 1 p.m., um, as well as, or it's on uh, June 13th, um, and um, there will be a talk. Um, as well by Suzanne Waltz. Um, and the film is about how U.S. government adopted tortures as official policy in the aftermath of 9-11. And also um, in East Lansing on June 23rd um, at the MSU College of Law at 7 p.m. Uh, Tuesday, June 23rd, there will be a panel presentation, What is at Stake in the Torture Debate, um, with Catherine Grosso, Suzanne Waltz, Doreen Coing, uh, and Eric Williams. And you can contact Kenneth Harrow for more information on the panel, and that's harrow at msu.edu. And also, um, the reason I'm on the phone with you is for the rally on Thursday, June 11th at 9.30 a.m. Um, it is called End Torture Forever, and there will be a 24-foot banner at the Michigan Capitol to end torture. Um, is there anything more that you would like to talk about regarding this event? Uh, no, there's really nothing else uh, that I have to say except that you know torture uh, is against uh, our national values, and even if we are holding people who have committed terrorist crimes, uh, we as a nation must demand that we cannot stoop down to their level. That we are we live in a, a civilized society, and that uh, America needs to uh, exhibit uh, what we say that we are, which is a, a nation. Uh, which is about uh, freedom and justice and the rule of law. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dawood Walid, for calling in and talking about um, your event. Thank you very much. And good luck this weekend. Thanks. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building. Without all that smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89 Second Play. 
We, the Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into The Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox. Here in the studio, I have Ben Hassinger, who is running for mayor of Lansing, and Scott Bell, the campaign manager. But before that, I just want to give you a little news update. Um, a bankruptcy judge says that Chrysler can, can go ahead with its plan to terminate the franchise of 789 of its dealers. U.S. Judge Arthur Gonzalez issued the order late this afternoon. The decision is effective immediately and states the franchise can no longer act as authorized uh, Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep dealers. In Michigan news, while Kwame Kilpatrick is still repaying the city of Detroit as part of his probation for the crimes in his text message scandal, he purchased a mansion in Texas that is nearly 50% larger than the city-owned mansion he lived in in Detroit. Michigan's tobacco quit line is now taking calls. The hotline offered callers free nicotine patches, gum, or lozenges to help people quit smoking or chewing tobacco. A heavy volume of calls overwhelmed the hotline in March, causing the state to run out of nicotine replacement products and forcing the hotline to shut down for everyone except Medicaid recipients. The hotline was not scheduled to reopen until October, but the Michigan Department of Community Health said today it reopened the line earlier after funding became available. However, callers will not get nicotine patches or other products. And in local news, there was an explosion in East Lansing in a three-story residential-styled building on Center Street near the intersection of Michigan Avenue. No one was injured in the explosion, and a firefighter said the explosion may be due to a firework. The only visible damage was on the building and is on the porch. So that is your news for today, and welcome Ben Hassinger and Scott Bell to Impact Exposure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us, Emily. So let me do a little introduction for you, Ben. Um, I read and I also I I heard about you um, on the radio, and they they like talking about you being young and into music. um, A Something I read um, in the paper says, let me let me give the read it out loud so the audience can get a good picture of you. It says Ben Hassinger, 25, a political newcomer, gave a meandering speech Thursday afternoon to members of the press and a handful of supporters in the back room of Uncle Sam's record emporium in Lansing's Old Town. A fitting setting for Hassinger, who lives in Old Town and performs in several local bands. He touched on energizing the creative community in Lansing, the failings of big-shot politicians, and his personal connections to the city. What's up, Hashinger said to the crowd as he walked into a podium before a speech to Bruce Springsteen's Out in the Streets. Hashinger's podium was decorated in his campaign poster, which is a takeoff on the Barack Obama Hope poster. He opted not to wear a suit and tie, but cargo shorts, a t-shirt, and running sneakers. As the capital, it is our responsibility to be a beacon for the rest of the state, he said. 
I'm not jaded or diluted about my possibilities of being mayor. If I become mayor, I will take care of everything, but I'm not diluted. I realize that there are some heavy hitters in front of me, but that's not up to me to decide. That's up to you to decide, he said, pointing to the crowd. Hassinger's first decided to run for mayor last fall when he saw an anyone but Verge, the yard sign, referring to Lansing's mayor, Verge Monero. He said that he turned to his friends and said, I'm anyone. Hassinger, who works as a cook, has never ran for a political office. And also, I read your, um, you have um, a website, um, you have a MySpace, and also you have a Facebook group, um, Ben Hassinger for Mayor of Lansing. Um, and in the for the for the uh, Facebook group, there's a description that says, this city needs a cleaning and I've got a Hoover right here in my hand. <laughs> and then on your About Me, on your MySpace page, it says, I'm running for mayor for this beautiful city of Lansing for the year of 2009. I represent beauty and glory and hope and unity and some other stuff too. So, so I like, it's a, you're getting the most press, in my mind, I've heard the most press about you for, for being, I guess, young and different. So, I mean, how do you, how do you think that, that, that makes you different from the rest of your competition? How do you think that you're, you're pairing up with your competition? Well, I think, um, I mean, part of it just kind of uh, separates me from uh, my other competitors is, I don't know if I want to say competitors, but uh, the other yeah. candidates running. But, um, I mean, as you've said and as it's been pointed out numerous times, you know, I am young. I am uh, a relative newcomer to, uh, to this whole game. And... I like to think that because of that, I bring in just kind of a fresh idea and just like a different outlook, you know, a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess kind of always seeing politics when I was growing up, it was just, you know, just older dudes wearing suits and just kind of like, you know, looking really stuffy on camera and just, I don't know, just almost trying to act like a little more important or meaningful, I guess that they really are, and not to say that they're not taking care of things in office, but, I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm me, I'm anyone, I'm Joe anyone, you know, and I, it's more effective to, to me, and just more honest to me, just to come out as myself, and, you know, speak like I do, and act like I do, and just kind of, I guess, uh, eschew away from that, from that stereotype that everyone has of politics, and maybe that's why people are paying attention. So, and I also heard that um, your goals, if you were mayor, was to bring more music to the community, more entertainment. Because um, I, I know I've had conversations with people where, I mean, the the auto industry has is failing, has failed. Um, and when you think about what the U.S. actually um, exports is, is entertainment. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about... Um, I guess, your platform? What do you want to bring to Lansing? Well, I mean, I've always... I've seen Lansing as kind of... I mean, we can... We can be, you know, a heavy-hitting city, a capital state here in the Midwest. And I look at other cities. I look at a, uh, a city like Austin, Texas. Or I look at a city, um, I guess to a lesser extent, like uh, Gainesville, Florida, where, where they're bringing so many different uh, just musical and artistic aspects coming in and I mean they're known nationwide you know as this city where like things are happening and you're always hearing about things taking place you know Austin City Limits um, this annual festival in Gainesville called the Fest which brings in people from all over the nation and even internationally you know um, and I would love I just I want something like that to happen here in Lansing you know I mean we are certainly I mean Michigan's been 
we have that built in us. You know, I mean, Motown originated in Detroit uh, decades ago, and we can uh, really recreate this city and this state to be that hotbed once again. I mean, it's happening. It's happening right now a little bit on you know on a lower extent. I mean, um, we have uh, our own little uh, our own little blessing in disguise here, um, Max Bar, which is bringing in you know nationwide tours, international tours all the time. Um, we have Common Ground, which for the past five years has just been growing larger and larger. And I mean, this year has some of the, some of the biggest acts that I've really ever seen on their roster at all. And I mean, there's no reason we can't take this and continue with, continue moving it forward with um, just with a decline of everything going on in the automobile industry and stuff. I think it's time that we really just kind of look at what we're doing and what we can do and just kind of uh, reposition it. Now, I know you perform in some local bands. Have you had experience um, bringing in acts to put together, um, you know, a type of events that you're talking about that you want to see more in Lansing? I mean, definitely. I mean, I've, you know, I've been playing in bands for for years on end, really, from high school and beyond. And, um, I mean, we've definitely uh, put together shows, uh, myself and um, some good friends of mine in the uh, local production group, uh, Bermuda Mohawk Productions, we've put together a lot of different shows just with international, international, national acts, um, you know, spanning from like Colorado to the East Coast, everything. Um, I mean, just really through offering just honesty and, you know, just a real grassroots building of people who are interested in seeing this. And it seems every time we put something together, you know, I mean, sometimes with shows, it's like, well, you know, how's this going to do? How's this going to do? But there's always just there's always just a very good crowd and a very supportive group of people who want to see new art and new ideas being pushed forward and new things taking place and um i don't see that i don't foresee that stopping at all so i think it's time we really start looking at it on a larger scale all right so scott will bring you into the conversation you being the campaign <clears throat> manager what are you guys hoping to do um in this next year to get your campaign rolling um, well, we've uh, we, we've started out with uh, we've had a very good quarter as far as fundraising goes. Um, a lot of excitement. Um, obviously, having something uh, different to offer as far as uh, the, the youth, uh, the motivation, and just the excitement around the campaign is slightly different. We're I mean we're uh, harnessing the fact that we're the young and uh, you know we we are the different campaign so um, than everyone else. We're we're, we're the underdog and. Uh, we're we're hoping to build that sense of community that a political that a political system and campaign seems to whip up into a fervor and then forget about once you're elected once you've ascertained what you need to, <laughs> what you need to accomplish um, you know um, once once the party's over and the confetti's dropped we're trying to trying to bring that forward and uh, you know I mean it's been definitely helpful just having this um, I mean just you know um, being invited to be here on the impact and also um, you know uh, city pulse and a couple other people who have just kind of uh, taking word to this, who have recognized that, oh, here's a new idea, you know, what is it? Something needs to happen. I mean, um, just, I don't know, kind of talking to uh, some people, it's always kind of seemed that there's only a finite amount of new ideas that can be presented and that can be uh, put forward. And But um, through all these people who have been talking, you know, they recognize, I mean, it's time for a change. It's time for a reinvention and seeing what we can do. And... Um, I don't think there's any better city than right here in Lansing. I think we can do it. 
So where where can we have to wrap things up? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. but um, where can people go to get more information about you and your campaign and um, things like that? We do. Um, I mean, we do have a uh, Facebook group. Um, if you search for Ben Hassinger for mayor of Lansing, it will uh, pop up. Um, there's also a MySpace page, which is uh, myspace.com slash benhassinger2009. Um, in addition, I will be appearing at a couple different places uh, next week. I will be at a, um, at a show taking place at Uncle Sam's Record Emporium, which uh, starts at... Uh, that'll be at around 6 p.m. Around 6 p.m., as well as a show at uh, Max Bar that will be taking place about 5, 5.30. And, I mean, I would love to talk to anybody who is interested um, in chatting and, you know, really kind of pushing these ideas forward because I think they're good ideas and I think we can do a lot with them. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ben Hassinger and Scott Bell, for coming on the show and talking about this new campaign for a, um, a 25-year-old musician to be mayor of Lansing. <laughs> no, thank you, Emily. <laughs> thank I, you. I look forward to Absolutely. talking to you again. All right. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.